and welcome to our teleconference today, which is entitled, How to Market Your Franchise. Um, we've got expert speaker Paul O'Brien with us, and he's going to explain how to market your franchise and what the different mediums can offer you. It's a changing marketplace, and Paul is the ideal person to, to speak to, and I'm really thrilled I've managed to twist his arm to come along and, and give us a contribution today. He's been 20 years in the, in the field of customer services, business development manager, senior management positions and so forth, and steered some companies to have some significant uh, sales results in a range of industries from transport and contracting, and also in the franchise sector where he's been actively involved in a national, in a national role. Um, what he's done, I suppose, with his experience in all these different fields, he's learned a lot of techniques and mediums, and he's been on top of the new, the newer developments in the last 10 or 15 years as far as the use of the internet, online marketing, and so on, um, and learned how you know you can achieve success with a limited budget, but you've got to do it and work smart. So currently, Paul's working with business to sell. Um, helping franchisors list their franchises for sale. Um, they've got something like 90 odd franchisors around Australia and, and internationally as well. They represent some of the big names out there, Gin's Group, Retail Food Group and so on. So um, quite significant. So what I'm going to do is run through the um, uh, basically a, a bit of content we've prepared, answer some questions and so on. And uh, at the end of the presentation we'll be offering you a access to a free PowerPoint presentation that Paul's put together called The Four Key Points for Marketing Your Business or Franchise with an opportunity as well for um, some marketing um, exposure. So we'll run through that at the end. So having said that, good day to you Paul. Thanks very much for coming along. No problem. Thanks a lot for this Brian. Um, what I do suggest for anybody uh, online, whatever it is, whether you've got it recorded or whatever, is make sure you've got a notebook and a pen and a highlighter and just write prolific notes. It's amazing the little bits and pieces that you get. Um, you will better access this as a recording, so you will better halt it and, and rerun through it. But the little notes and bits and pieces you get are really worthwhile. So it tends to be the anecdotal experiences we share with my guests, I find that often are the gems. Um, but also note down any questions you've got, and you can contact me um, the details I'll give you at the end of the uh, teleconference, and we'll answer those questions for you uh, as quickly as we possibly can. Um, we will be, for members of my franchise programs, there will be a transcript made available of this conversation in due course. So, um, Right, just to get the ball rolling then, I suppose, first off, um, just rolling the slide. Just going to basically move down the screen, if I can, just a minute. Um, my screen is frozen on me, so just a moment. <laughs> These little things are sent to testers. So here we go. No, it's still not working. Goodness me. Uh, just one moment, I'm just going to have to go in and out of this screen here, I don't know what's happened, so let's just go back in there. Okay, um, brand marketing versus sales marketing, this is something you may well not be familiar with um, these days, and that's one of the reasons I've got Paul along. Paul, can you run through a little bit about aspects of brand marketing versus sales marketing, what the difference is and what they, took, what they both represent, please? Definitely, no problems at all. 
Um, look, brand marketing is basically any type of marketing that's in relation to promoting your company or your brand or your logo. So usually this is um, a type of marketing technique in terms of things like uh, sponsorship of teams or events, TV, media, Telstra, Optus, Toyota, all the big name companies do a lot of this type of brand marketing. And what they'll actually do is, is say for example they change their actual logo itself, they'll actually uh, amend or do a marketing campaign to let everyone know this is the case here and it just builds trust and recognition of a brand. Um, okay, now that's brand marketing. In terms of sales marketing, sales marketing is where you actually do a marketing technique that's to generate leads and sales for a particular product or a service. So you might have multiple products or multiple services and you might actually design a campaign wholly and solely to promote this actual service or product itself. So it just gives you a bit of an idea in relation to what the two of them are. Um, not everyone actually knows the difference, but it's there just in relation to it there for the marketing, te marketing techniques. Uh, and that's right, and this is what always gets, has been drummed into me by uh, a number of contemporary marketers like yourself, is that uh, brand marketing really is a matter of ego, and we'll touch a bit on that, I think, as we have our discussion. And um, what you're going to do is make sure you get results. Every advertising dollar should give you revenue. So, okay. So, in moving through, what, how do you choose the right advertising medium, uh, Paul? Perhaps you can go through a little bit about that because it applies differently to different members of, the, of I suppose, different businesses and so on. Well, thank you very much, Brian. Look, there's a lot of different marketing mediums that are out there. There's, there's always new ones coming out all the time. Just to give you a brief overview of some of the major ones that we actually um, that I've dealt with over time, um, if you're looking at, uh, say, for example, uh, exposure type of, of media, things like TV, radio, magazines, and newspapers, um, the big differences are on in relation to this. These are uh, high exposure markets, but they're like a blanket blanket type of marketing where you cover everyone that watches TV or listens to the radio, and it's not necessarily targeted towards your audience. So it's not focused, um, in other words, at, your, at the people you want to speak to. Yeah. That's exactly right. So it, it's like trying to send something out to a whole group of people in the, in the hope there that you'll actually uh, capture some of the people who are listening that are actually your target audience. The pros and cons um, gives you great exposure. It can actually uh, improve your trust and relationship with your clients because people who are watching TV, whenever you see an advert on TV, it sort of builds um, the recognition of your brand. Mm -hmm. um, but on the other side of things, it can be extremely expensive yeah. and you know, of course you're actually wasting impressions on people that aren't necessarily um, qualified for what you're looking at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the other types of marketing, this is direct marketing or target type of marketing. Uh, in relation to things like telemarketing, direct mail marketing, which is like mail outs or brochure drops, um, email marketing is another one that you can use. Pros basically are exactly that. They are targeted uh, in relation to their their areas and the people they've got. Brochure drops can be um, positive and negatives. The brochures, of course, are yeah, the same sort of thing you're actually sending out to a postcode or an area, but it doesn't necessarily hit the same market, it's just for sort of local area marketing and it can, can bring a benefit in or it can actually be um, a negative for you. Um, the negative basically for telemarketing is of course, you know, it can be extremely annoying and it, it has the potential to hurt your brand. 
mainly because of the fact that not everyone likes being called up and try to be sold to there when they're at home and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we're all going to get wary of that. Um, exactly right. Um, the other thing is, uh, in terms of email marketing, the only thing is that uh, with that, the cons are literally that everyone's inboxes are pretty well full. So if you're going to do anything on the lines of email marketing, you need to pick the right time of day to actually send it to the person that you're looking at. Um, a classic for that would be Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays are the best days for email marketing. And it's usually between about 10 o'clock and 2 p.m. The main reason for that, just to give you an idea, is um, Mondays, the inboxes are usually very, very cluttered because of the fact of, um, of um, just emails coming in over the weekend and people aren't necessarily open to emails on a Monday and on Friday it's usually a wind down period where people are less likely to try and look at new emails just before the weekend. So that's where the Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays come into it and if you hit you know, around about 10 to 2 p.m., that's usually around about lunchtime period, so they've cleaned out everything for the morning and they're actually open and looking for new emails. That's what I was Now, you can spend a lot of money on all these things. Um, so you can oh, you can. I, I've, I've typed up these questions so that it was clear for everybody that uh, whether you're listening or whether you're watching the webinar, um, this perhaps will help you uh, run through it. So how much should you spend on each of these areas, uh, Paul? What's, what's your view? Um, well, a lot of it actually comes into the type of marketing that you're actually looking at. So in relation to it, you could be looking at anything from a um, couple of hundred dollars there, either for a year or for a month, through to a couple of thousand dollars there for just like an email class. So it can vary quite a bit. Um, another type of marketing that's there is, say, pay-per-click. This can actually be in regards to doing Google AdWords, uh, social media AdWords or anything like that. Um, it can range significantly, depends on the industry, how popular the search terms are and everything along those lines. Um, it can usually look and probably say between $1,000 and $4,000, so it depends on, on what you're actually looking at. So for local area marketing, um, you're probably looking at anywhere up to you know, maybe $1,000 or something like that um, to get it everything, get it all designed and post it out and everything like that, um, through to a um, couple hundred dollars, say, in a posting for the newspaper for a local thing. Mm -hmm. So it all depends what your actual market is, whether it's a local area or a national one. National, the prices go up a lot higher, and you've got to realise that with things like TV and radio stations, they are very regional, so you'd have to go to the head office and the national office and actually have a talk to them about what you can do for an offering. So when we were talking earlier, uh, I was fascinated. It's hard to find any material, any information in Australia about advertising costs. So there are some figures out for recruitment and so on from Griffith University. But you mentioned you got some yeah. interesting figures from the United States with what some of their oh. larger franchise groups spend. Oh, definitely. Look, um, I found a good piece there that have got uh, as information where one of the U.S. Um, companies. Uh, franchise Performance Group. They've actually got a link and information about all this, but um, they've actually surveyed 106 uh, franchise companies over 2013, and they've actually come through. Um, and one of the big biggest spends they've got is for ad online ad portals. 
Now, by that, it's things like directory listings or websites that actually sell, say, for example, for uh, looking for franchisees, companies, say, for example, like Business to Sell, who uh, actually list your business for sale. So that's where you're looking at the uh, ad portals in relation yeah. to it. Now, yeah. the spend on those, they usually spend about 43% on average for their budget, which they're here talking about for an American company is, tw is around about 89,000 89, or so for it. Um, that's actually like it's probably for more of the larger franchises, but it gives you a bit of an idea. For the SEO side of things, for the uh, search engine optimization of the websites, they spend around about 31% of their budget. Um, Pay-per-click, which is things like Google AdWords or social media pay-per-clicks, is around about 10% of their budget, and they've got basically 20, 21,000 or so for that. Um, Social media present, they didn't have anything last year, but it's, it is becoming a big thing for social media. Um, probably a lot of the times they don't spend money on it because if they've got an in-house person that they haven't actually assigned the, uh, spending for who looks after their social media campaign mm. in relation to it. Mm. So there's no direct, yeah, no, no, no sort of attributable advertising cost, but obviously there's a management yeah. figure. Okay, that's interesting. Well, the proportions mm. are what interests me. And I'm surprised how high the SEO is in relation to it. But there we are, it just goes to show. So in saying that, we're talking about advertising, we're talking about promoting your franchise. Um, what do you look for in a package? In other words, when you're looking through the market, these different things you've mentioned, what's the sort of thing you're looking for to optimise your exposure and get your best results? Um, well, some of the things there, if you're looking at just things like, say, TV or radio advertising, this is something, these sort of tips are just little, little things to help to get the most or the bang for your buck. Okay. Some of the things that you're looking for TV or radio advertising is looking at things like prime time, if possible, but they, this can also be extremely expensive. If you actually research your target audience and you understand them, things like the times of day they look at, what hobbies they like to listen to, um, you know, the hobbies they do and everything like this, you can actually determine what times they actually view and what channels they actually view. So that's one key thing is to, to make sure that you actually understand the audience and when they are watching because it's no use spreading a whole heap of adverts across um, different time periods hoping to, to hit one of them where they're going to get them. Otherwise, it's going to spend a lot of money. Um, the other one that you're looking at is to make sure that the stations that you're talking to actually cover the areas that you want to hit. So as I mentioned beforehand for TV and radio, um, they are regional. So say for example, they'll, have, they'll either be based in the cities, capital cities, or they'll have regional areas, say for example, from Newcastle to Tweed Heads. Right. Um, so if you want to actually hit your actual, uh, do a local area network coverage, it's better off to, to group together and actually get um, a number of franchisees to put their spend in terms of TV across that regional TV to make the most for what they've got. Oh, okay. um, well, moving, into, moving into print then, what's your observations on, on that uh, very changing marketplace? Um, well, in terms of magazines and, and newspapers, a lot of them are actually open to what they call advertorials where they actually do an editor, uh, editorial piece there for you and it might be make you sound more like an expert in that field um, as part of the actual uh, advertising fee. 
and that will get you greater exposure um, and it can actually help you out. And also in terms of when it comes close to the deadline, their printing deadlines, they're usually more open to negotiation and prices around about that time too. That's right, yeah, you know, um, amazing deals. So then we move into what was the, the biggest element in the US certainly, is looking at directory or listing website advertising where we're talking about portals and so on I guess. Okay, um, in relation to the website listings, uh, listing advertising, the big thing is about these that you've got to understand is Google's changing their actual ranking all the time. Uh, it can be changing anywhere from to two per month are their rules and what this does is it causes all the websites to actually shuffle and move around in terms of their rankings. So the best thing to do on here is not to actually just list on one website and hope that that's going to get your inquiries because within a day it can suddenly drop to the second, third, fourth or fifth page. It's to try and spread, either spread your money across um, a number of websites or look for a package that actually offers um, a number of these actual top ranking websites um, to actually get your coverage on on all these websites. So just in case one of them drops out, you've still got a number of them that are actually ranked up high and getting inquiries through. That's a good point. I talk to people. Um, the next uh, one. Yeah, about ad AdWords and people's views seem to vary quite dramatically on ad AdWords. I suppose with, it's probably with everything online. Of course, it comes back to having the right the right keywords. But um, what, what's your observations on AdWords? They can actually work out quite well for you. Um, the big thing with the AdWords campaign is you've got to, the person who's actually doing this, if you get an inexperienced person who doesn't know what they're talking about, then they won't necessarily use the right keywords for searches itself. Uh, they won't spend the right amount of money um, because just to give you a bit of an idea in relation to it, your actual position on the AdWords whether you say, for example, Google, whether it's position one, two, three, or just down the sides, all depends on how much you spend. And the people who are managing this, a lot of the times, they will actually continue to adjust the money up and down uh, each day to get the best positions for what they have without uh, too much of a spend. Okay. Um, so in relation to it's about managing the actual AdWords campaigns, you can't just put in say $5 and hope that that's going to get in a high area. $1.20 might be good enough in some cases or up to $6, $7 there per click. So they're, they're very targeting what they're looking at but there's two things you need to, number one, get the actual price right to get the exposure. Number two, you have to have the right keywords that people are searching for to make sure that they actually see your ads. And number three, you have to structure the actual ad properly so that people want to click on it and actually find out more about you. Yeah, there's a lot to it. <laughs> it is. It's actually yeah. uh, detailed, sorry. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Then we're talking at webs about, about websites. We're talking here about your own websites, aren't we? Or, uh... That's exactly right. So in, when you actually get your website put together, these are three important points there that are actually um, important. When structuring your website, so whoever's actually looking after whether it's in-house or whether it's actually a website developer, you need to make sure that you haven't got any errors at all on there. Now by errors I mean things like you click on a link that's actually on the website and if it doesn't go to where it's supposed to, that's considered as an error. Mm. Or if people click on photos, now if you don't have that, if you have errors on your website, that affects your actual search engine optimization of it as well. Okay. Um, 
some more in relation to it is also what they call content matches, where when people are actually doing searches, say in, in any of the search engines, if the content that you have on your page doesn't match up with what people are searching for, they won't find you usually either. So you need to put in good content on their actual websites. Keep doing things like blogging and that in there to try and help to uh, to keep your actual website up on the search engine optimization and also in people's minds so that when they read it they actually find that it's valuable content and it actually puts you in the position where it says I am actually the expert in, in, in my field. If you can do that, you're actually doing well. Right, okay, fair, yeah, good stuff there. And social media, a changing landscape. <laughs> it is. Uh, it depends on how you want to actually do your social media. Um, if you're a proactive type user, and by proactive I mean you go out and actually have a look at different um, different people, different categories, and then um, you can actually gain a lot of contacts and leads through that means. So in terms of social media, you need to have someone who knows and understands things and is actually using it each day. And what you can actually do is come up, to, up with a, a campaign that is structured around who your target audience are and keep in their front of the mind. If you don't do that, then you will just sit there as a dormant um, account and it doesn't do anything there in relation to for any anything good for your actual company. Okay. Now, for this to work, there's a lot of criteria, but maybe we can just run through very briefly how, the, how these different mediums work, how effective they are, and what you must do. I mean, these are the key points, aren't they? These four points I've got here from our conversation, I think. Uh, understanding who you're pitching to is absolutely the fundamental, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I mean, you've, the more that you understand who your clients are, why they're actually buying from you, you can then actually structure everything. You can choose what mediums they have. So say, for example, you're actually uh, looking for surfing. You sell surfboards. You might as well you research and find out what magazines, what TV programs, what websites and what information you have available for you in relation to the surfing industry. Uh, same thing with electronics. Um, you need to know what industry they're in, whether they're business to business, business to corporate, or whether they're just in, in general just um, the public. So you need to know, more. the more you know about that actual your clients, the better you are um, adverse to finding the right medium and putting the right adverts on there. So it's horses for courses. Okay. Exactly and, and right. I suppose it's the same with regards to magazines, radio stations, as you've been saying knowing the time that the people are watching so you time them accurately in magazines, you know, the, the, the right time of year, the right weeks, whatever it might be. And then we come down to the structure and design of the ads. I mean, this is a science. This is uh, something that uh, people spend their, their lives researching. What's your observations as far as getting, as far as that's concerned, generally speaking, I guess? Oh, definitely. I mean, I've, I've got some more information in the slides there as we go down a little bit further, but in terms of structuring and design the advert, I'll give you a perfect example there in terms of uh, magazines. You need to know on the medium, actually you have a look at the actual medium itself. Um, you might actually go on there. It's known, it's a known fact that colours like red and yellow are the first to actually capture people's eyes. The problem with that is the fact that a lot of people go out there and actually use reds and yellows there in their actual advertising. So if you go and have a look at that actual medium uh, as a magazine, if everyone's using that, it's no use to go put another advert in that actual magazine that looks exactly the same as the rest of them and go opposite. So if they're using bright colours, 
use dull ones. That'll make you stand out a lot more. Okay. Um, hmm. uh, same thing in regards to TV advertising. One of the best I actually found was um, uh, Rivers ads. It's just the thing. Okay. So you'd actually have all the ads were nice, loud, really sort of in-your-face type uh, adverts, and then you would actually get an ad that was totally silent. And it didn't matter what state you're in, you're here going, is there something wrong with my, my TV? Yeah, um, so you'd actually check in your right. audio and everything. And it, mm. Sorry. So it's, it's just understanding what medium you're going to go on and designing the actual advert to get people's attention. Okay, and so it doesn't have to be really aggressive, yeah. No. So, okay, running through the, this criteria you've kindly put together for us then, so uh, some of this is a bit obvious, but, you know, it's so easy just to go out and spend on advertising, and so many people do. You do have to constrain yourself, don't you? You've got to stick to it, otherwise you can spend an absolute fortune and may not get results. That's exactly right. Um, so, as I was mentioning, it's, everything's on there in relation to it. Um, you've got to identify what you want, what your actual marketing campaign, campaign is actually designed for. So, are you launching a new product? Do you need to actually promote that product? Uh, are you trying to make people buy? So, as it, that's when it comes down to things like sales and branding, brand marketing. Or are you actually looking for franchisees? Now, when you do this sort of stuff there, you have to actually identify who your client is. Um, and actually write the content based upon who that client's going to be. One of the classics I've found over time, to working with franchisors, is the actual adverts that I actually saw, I've seen over time, um, they'll actually send in information about talking about themselves, how good the franchise is. But in terms of looking for franchisees, you, what people are after out there is trying to find out what they're going to get for their dollar. So if you're going to structure an ad or design something that's going to be out there, you need to make sure that, yes, you can tell people about your franchise and how many franchisees you've got and other bits and pieces like that, but most of the advert should be about what the benefits are to the person that's actually going to be looking at buying that franchise. That makes sense. It's, it's the basic, isn't it? It's what we all look for. It's what's in it for me. Um, exactly it's, right. It's so easy to forget that. People do tend to get, get a bit carried away with their enthusiasm about their business and, you know, becomes a bit of a, a corporate ego thing as well, I guess. All right, so then moving along a little bit more in looking at these mediums you use and so forth, you've mentioned about, you know, determining which medium suits what operation you're doing, which depends on, you know, what your, what your objective is. Are you looking for franchisees? Is it a launch of a new outlet? Or are you looking for people generally across the state? So. Um, and then appealing to the individual. So this is where these key words, if you like, again, that, that expression applies to everything. In your advertising, whatever sort you use, you've got to have the right words that appeal to the people. And then, um, as you reiterated recently when we were talking, and I think we're all aware of this, but it's so easy to overlook it, you must track the results. You've got to religiously keep a record of every inquiry you get in response to every different advertisement in every different source so you can see where you are getting the, the results so um, and as you, you say having a program for following up the leads you've got to have a process so you don't just get get calls or emails and that and hang them ad hoc you've really got to have a process you work through so those points are, um, are critically are critically important there's some tips let's uh, give me some give us some of your 
anecdotal um, in industry industry observations of some things that really help. Um, look, Brian, some of the stuff you have actually mentioned, as I was here talking about advertising newspapers and magazines, mm. and actually analysing the other adverts, trying to be different and opposite if possible. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other ones is uh, gaining better results. Um, if if you actually try out, say for example, an advert that works better than anything else, um, create a template from it. Try and find out and understand why it actually worked. Um, one of the points that you mentioned about in regards to tracking, the beauty about things like direct marketing um, is the fact that you can gauge things like the views uh, along with the actual amount of inquiries or say for example click-throughs compared to how much or how many of those have actually converted over to the next stage and that's a key point because if you don't get the views you need to have a look at it and these are, are things I'll cover a little bit later on um, and um, in relation to um, the actual click-throughs now if you can get hundreds upon hundreds of views but unless you get inquiries they're no good for you so yeah, if they're not getting that, then you need to have a look and make sure that it's not the actual advert that's uh, causing the problem, that it's, it is actually uh, working for you. Um, so we come down again to tracking the results, yeah. that uh, it's the key it performance, yeah. performance indicators, what are the results you're getting. And as you're saying, it's not just the clicks you're getting, it's the click-throughs, the amount of time people spend on the pages, that's the sort of information that's important. And then the amount of inquiries you get from those, so you can understand, I suppose, the behaviour of people that end up ultimately being, um, being, being inquiries for you. Uh, what are their behaviour? Exactly. Yeah, and what works for them. Yeah, it's a fascinating science, and it, um, it's, it certainly takes, takes, up some, takes up some time if you don't have the, the expertise. Okay, exactly so right. Well, one of the classic things it says on sorry on, on yeah. the web listings page, yeah. um, one of the things that we, you're looking at there is I've seen so many times people who are actually using these web listings, they don't necessarily understand marketing, and they'll put on things like cafe for sale, um, restaurant for sale, and that's all they put on the heading. If you actually change the words and add things like fantastic, great opportunity, things like this, anything, even like you know must go. Yeah, you know, little things like that will actually make a huge difference. Yeah, lifestyle you know, you get. that appeal to people's um, emotions, all that sort of thing as well. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. right yes. Well, copywriting is, uh, is, a, is a huge area in itself and uh, something you could spend your whole time, I think, working on. So in talking, I suppose, through the way that this has all changed, and I think the internet itself has changed dramatically in the last two to three years. It's suddenly become very mainstream, whereas it was, uh, um, it was really a fairly, I suppose, a, a fairly small percentage of people were involved. Uh, my understanding is these days, yeah. you know, 80% of businesses have got websites, but 80% of those, oh no, I didn't say that, oh no, okay, 80% of those actually um, uh, don't have effective websites, so their advertising, their marketing is an absolute waste of money. Yeah, exactly oh, right. And it just sits there dormant. Okay. All right, so, yeah, so. Um, just run through a little bit and explain to us what's changed out there so that we're able to, um, you know, to understand, I suppose, and change our own points of view because we're all, we're, depending on our backgrounds and our experiences, 
we've all got to template ourselves and our thoughts about these things, but we've got to really revisit that and say, right, this is what's happening today. It's changed. It's different. Um, perhaps you can give us your oh, definitely. view on that. I'll give you a bit of history there, Brian. Hmm. When I first started doing the business development side of things for a company, um, they sent me on a, a course called Solution Selling with Microsoft. Now, up until that point, the old marketing schemes and everything that I'd actually known up until then was it was talking about how big, how great the company is, features about a product and services and benefits of that. And it was basically about a company creating a service or a product and then trying to sell that product to everyone else, even though it didn't necessarily fit into the actual uh, into the actual the product or into what the client needed. And a lot of people were out there trying to look for uh, a product that was close to what they actually needed. Now, after doing the solution selling, it really opened my eyes up to a whole idea that so it's actually about talking to the client and finding what they want mm. to then actually design the product or service that's similar to what they're after. And a lot of the times when you do that sort of stuff and you actually design it according to what the client wants, you'll actually find more clients who are actually after that sort of information. It's about listening to what they want. And that's what solution selling and marketing is. And it's about asking the clients, researching what they're after, and then providing a product or service which meets those needs. And even in terms of writing proposals, writing marketing for it, you have to structure around who you're actually looking for, looking to do this for. Yeah, a great analogy I've heard is, um, is the Panadol situation, where if you've got a headache, you've got a pain, Panadol, Panadol can fix it. That's all you want to know. You don't want to know yeah. the history of, of, um, of Beecham's or whoever the manufacturer are. and You're not really interested in all the small print and all the fine details of how much this and that and the other they've got. You may choose to browse that later, but all you want is to have that Panadol and fix the headache. And it's the same if you look at business in any way. People are looking to solve a problem. So you've got to give them the solution. Yeah. Well, perfect thing on that, Brian, too, is if you have a look at the way that things like Panadol and Eurofin have changed since then. Originally, Panadol just had that one product that was for headaches. Since then, what about other products, cakes, for neck aches, for legs, everything like this. So they've actually started creating products to fill a need or requirement there for people who didn't just want a headache. It was actually a pain that was in another area that was very common. So that comes down to solution selling where it changes the market. Yeah, hugely. Goodness me, you end up with a draw for different panadols now. <laughs> Whether they're, how different yeah, they are, no. I don't know. <laughs> but it's very clever marketing. Those guys are the best. And they're great people to look, to watch at, to watch and to follow because uh, what they do is hugely successful. It's, uh, you know, I think the people in the pharmaceutical area and the, the household cleaning areas um, are extraordinary. And watching what they do with the OMOs and the rest of the things uh, is, is certainly a good indicator. All right, well, um, when it comes um, down to, to copywriting, you mentioned, you know, that it, that is just so critically important. What are the areas that you need to be most conscious about from that point of view? Okay, now, when, when you're actually creating it, there's four key areas which you mentioned here on the slide, things like headings, content, images, and categories. Now, one of the big things there, headings, and I've got a, a good document there I could actually send through to you as well, too, that might help. Um, it actually talks about a heading, you've got about three to five seconds online or in an email to capture people's attention. And a lot of this comes down to challenging, asking questions, 
using things like numbers in the heading. Um, <laughs> it's actually been proven that uh, a heading with with a number in it actually has five times more is is more five times more popular than anything without it. Um, and a lot of the times, it's just identifying, say, a pain or an emo a good emotion to make people want to open it up. It's the same thing in terms of the content. It has to be tailored, which I was mentioning before, like whether it's actually um, to try and sell a product or sell a franchise. It has to be tailored towards your target audience and be written in a way that captures their attention, makes them want to inquire or buy. There's good marking out there that you see, whether it be on TV, magazine, or even on the web, where you read the content and want to buy straight away, and you click on there and just basically pay for it. So it's actually trying to get a content that's going to get that actual um, target audience wanting to take action. Now, in regards to the images, um, it's basically anything that's dealing with people or something that actually inspires a positive emotion there for them. So say something about good food, things like a cup of coffee. When you're actually looking at advertising a business there, there's a coffee business, you actually have a cup of coffee there because a coffee just reminds you of the aroma, the taste, and you hear it brings up same thing with things like beer, um, or say something about something with happy people. If you actually don't, if you have a sad person on an advert, they're automatically going to turn around and say, oh, look, they're not happy with what they've got. So it's just those little things in relation to the images and making sure that the people can see and understand it, looking at so it. Some social and energy it and a bit of bounce, a bit of life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, categories and or sections. This is related to all types of advertising too. Um, you need to make sure that's in the right section of the newspaper, the website, or the magazine. It's no use putting something in relation to a category of um, coffee or food if it's actually an electrical business. It makes seems like it's common sense, but you've got to really understand that when you're looking at listings websites. Different people think different ways. Mm. It's the same thing with magazines, trying to find the right place, if the right page for it in a magazine, or the right time on, on the radio or TV. It's getting that right category or section of the actual the segments to get what you're after. And sometimes on TV, it's finding a particular show that's coming on that is related to your industry. If you can do that, the people who are looking at that show are more likely to actually identify with your advert than what they would do if it's just on, you know, say for example, a different show that has nothing at all to do in relation to your uh, your service or product. Right, hence Coles and MasterChef, that type of uh, that type of connection. Which is exactly right. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, bunnings with backyard blitz. Yeah. So finding something that's uh, a natural, got natural synergy. Okay, look, we've covered a lot of ground, and it, it does start to get quite mind-blowing, there's a lot out there, so I, I do turn my hat off to the expertise that you've got and the time that you have to spend keeping on top of all this research because the science gets more and more complicated, doesn't it? So um, what I've got here is just um, your contact details. I'll just read these out because uh, for people listening to this on audio, it's Paul O'Brien, B-R-I-E-N, business to sell, and that's the word business, B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S, -S, numeral two, S-E-L-L. Um, the phone number um, is one three hundred double five six one two one. That's one three hundred double five six one two one. And if you want to contact Paul directly, his mobile is zero four zero two six three two 
Six. I've got a digit missing. It should be seven on that one. Uh, yeah, it should be six three two seven. Six three two, two six. Seven. Yeah. All right, okay. All right. So the still o five o five oh two six three two. Two, seven two six. Seven two six. Oh, okay, so there's a seven. Yes, there's a seven there. in between okay. the two two. Okay. All right, I'll say that again. Sort of confusion. My typing here, I think. Zero four zero two six three two seven two six. And Paul, um, by email at So that's that business numeral two sel.com.au. And it's the same for their website. So those details, you're welcome to contact Paul. From my point of view, thanks for joining us for this Sound of Franchise Simply um, teleconference in our series of talking to experts in franchising and in the areas of marketing and business that affect franchise businesses, franchisors and to a degree franchisees. Um, if you want to contact me, my number is 1300 960 136 or get me directly on my mobile 0417 211 366. And the website of course is always there and a lot of information. So thank you for coming, um, taking the effort to, to listen to this uh, particular uh, session we've had. Um, for people that are interested, there is um, probably as a PDF, there will be a copy. If you contact, contact me, you can get a copy of the a presentation of Paul's, which is far more extensive than this. This is an edited version, and it's called The Four Key Points for Marketing Your Business or Franchise. And there's also some other opportunities if you're in a position where you want to start marketing your franchise that Paul's kindly made available. And it may be, we may have some other material as well. Paul mentioned a document there he had with regards to, to headings and that type of thing. So we'll see what there is there, information about content. So in wrapping that up, do you, have you got anything to say in closing, Paul, that uh, any, any, more, any more flashes of blinding obvious uh, that you've overlooked that you'd like to add? Uh, no, Brian, I mean, I've covered as much as possible in relation to it. So basically, um, if you can, just talk to the people, uh, the experts, as you mentioned, in terms of copywriters. There's actually a lot of copywriters out there that actually write a lot of this information, analyse the actual websites and everything like that too. So there's a number of different people out there to, to try and help you out in relation to getting everything right. So it can be extremely mind-blowing, but um, it's just keeping up to date with everything and uh, trying to help it out, help you out in relation to getting the target audience and what they're after. So I think, look, in my summarising, it comes back to some of us are passionate and love spending time working on marketing and all that sort of thing, um, and it may be a bit of natural flair for us. Others find it hard work and hard to find the time. So you've got to you've got to work out what suits you best. Uh, but I think you need to access experts at different levels, in, at least. Um, but it is talking to those people, engaging whether you've got better value money and using a professional service or putting in a lot of your time and remembering how much your, your hours are worth on a dollar basis and take it from there. So, okay, thank you very much indeed. I'll wrap up there. We've hit our 45 minutes, so it's perfect timing and we'll be in touch with you and look forward to, uh, to joining you when we do our next teleconference in the near future. Thank you very much indeed and goodbye everybody and thank you, Paul, especially for the time you've given today. Really appreciated those words of wisdom, a lot of knowledge there, and uh, look forward to speaking with you again um, in the not too distant future.